the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You are in the eye of the hurricane with Coach Shakur, the official podcast of Manatee Hurricanes football with your host, Chad Choate, and head coach of the Manatee Hurricanes, Yusuf Shakur. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of In the Eye of the Hurricane with head coach Yusef Shakir. I'm your host, Chad Choate. I want to thank you for joining us as we talk everything Manatee football. Joined, as always, by Manatee football head coach uh, Yusef Shakir. Thanks, coach, for joining us. Thank you, Chad. Always happy to be here. So let's get into a little bit of uh, last week's game against um, uh, Miami Jackson Generals. Great victory coming, closing the, the regular season off with a 43-13 to uh, win. Finishing the year at 6-4. and four. Obviously, we know we're district champs. Get our first round um, this week uh, in the playoffs. But tell us a little bit about overall evaluation of last week's game against Miami Jackson um, after getting some, some time to evaluate that film, Coach. Uh, well, I was happy that we won. You know, nothing better than a win. That's the best thing ever. Uh, and I, I was happy that how we played in spurts, uh, offensively and defensively. We played well in spurts, but then we'll have a little lulls here and there. Uh, so that, those are small things we had to work on and just focus on and lock in on as we go into the playoffs. I think sometimes when you play an opponent – um, and not to, not to necessarily Jackson. I want to say Jackson was such an inferior opponent, but they they were shooting themselves in the foot a lot of times. You know, especially on defense. When we were on defense, they're on offense. Delay of games, some um, substitution issues, things like that. When those types of things happen, sometimes it is tough for a defense. And I mean, these guys are 15, 16, 17 year old yeah. kids to really focus on. Okay, hey, we we just had a call. They're in their head thinking about tendencies, the the play charts different things like that, what they've watched on a film. Now now you jump off sides, or or maybe they jump off sides, then they get delay of game. Your focus has got to be tremendous, um, and sometimes it's just not that way. You're right. You're right about that. You know, get those lulls and the, the, I guess, lacking concentration, you know, that kind of breaks the mold of a a good flow of the game, like you're saying. And that does affect kids uh, because they really can't get in the flow of how things are actually working. And I think nothing, you know, that that happened to us. Uh, we played when you get that block um, uh, punt. When we had that block punt for a touchdown, and we added some extra some some extra plays on top of that. Then uh, we gave up a, a third and long. Then I added some extra plays on that. So I think a, a little bit was was um, probably us just getting the focus of actually consistently consistently playing, especially on defense for. They they play like 16 plays in a row. Right, so, and, and and then that flips to the de- to the offense too, yeah, not being on the field, exactly, not they getting get that. Yeah, they get out of rhythm, yeah. they get out of their continuity and things like that. And so, but I think it's good to get in a game something like that. Yes, that you know, because uh, when you go back to the Venice game, um, the week before, I thought we were pretty well locked in the mm-hmm. whole game, and it's nice to have a game where now going to the playoffs, you at least said, hey, look, see what you did there last Friday. We got to get better this week because yeah. now it's do or die. Exactly. Um, offensively, uh, for us, 
Uh, passing, you know, game came back. Not not a whole lot of yards either, passing or um, or or running. And and again, that that's a test to the defense and and yeah. obviously getting in, in field position and special teams and things like that. But it did seem like Jason Jace had a had a good good game throwing the ball. I think it was somewhere around 65 percent completion, about 140 150 yards, three touchdowns. Um, and again, dry ball, dry field. Yeah. I don't know. You know, it just seems to me sometimes I don't. You know, maybe just that that having that confidence that hey he can grip it and rip it just seemed like he had some really good touch passes mm-hmm. um, and things like that. What'd you see from him at, overall? Well, I think that was that's that key too. You know, um, you know, all quarterbacks throw better when it's dry. So uh, for him, he just had to. He's kind of gotten you know some experience, some in worst case scenarios early in his career, which is good you know for him in the long run, uh, and also for us as a team in the long run for him having those. I'm gonna play my what three for sure rain game. Yeah, rain. Yeah. Uh, so that, that that bodes well for us going into the playoffs because we have that experience now, and you know, experience is the best teacher. It is. Before this, he didn't have those experiences. He didn't have those situations. You know, you do a you practice with a wet ball for reasons. You do certain things for reasons, uh, and, and now he's experienced those in those situations in those moments. Offensively, talk, so three touchdowns total from Jace um, uh, as far as uh, throwing the ball goes. And, and uh, one to Jaden Corbett, who we obviously know throughout this year. But J- Jaleel Duncan caught two touchdowns on the night. I think was leading receiver at yards reception as well. Um, what is it to me? It, it just seems like almost every week it's someone different. Maybe it's Jaden one week. It's it was Tyson Phelps against Venice along with Napoleon Harris. It's been Irone. Um, it's been Jaden. So what does that mean, especially moving forward to have an offense to be able to have so many guys that you really can't key one guy? Yeah, uh, that's the offense we've always tried to run. You know, me and Coach Green uh, have always tried to run an offense where you kind of balance it out. And you try to attack different parts of the field for that main reason right there. And then kids, I think, like playing in an offense that they know, you know, hey, I may be the guy this week, you know. And I think it's a, it says a lot about our kids, too, and their unselfish play. Uh, because one time, you know, we meant this may not be working, but another guy, you know, has a chance, an opportunity, and how we attack them to be successful. So, but that's that's what you want to want. That's what what you really want as an offensive team. I feel is that you want to make sure that all guys have a chance and an opportunity to, I want to say, uh, be successful because you know it just matters that that game and what the defense is trying to take away. And I think that helps us be a well-rounded offense and not just be one-dimensional. Well, I think that if 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 you go back to where in practice as well, you know, if if we're if we're game planning, guys know, hey, if anybody can be the guy one one game, because we're going to be able to spread the ball around and do those things in practice, that means a whole heck of a lot. I've got to push myself to show that hey, I can be the guy on Friday. Mm-hmm. So that creates a competition there amongst them, and also in the game. Once you get the ball, you want to prove that hey, when I get the ball, good things are going to happen when it's in my hands. So that Coach Green calls plays consecutively back to me so I think it I think it bodes well for for us and I think it's, it's hard for another team to really watch and see and who to key up on I thought that they did a good job um, stopping our run uh, we didn't see any of the jumbo packages wasn't in in play which is which is fine we don't need to use that all the time um, that some people were questioning oh what happened to that great formation well I don't think we really needed it I don't think it was something that w- that was needed um, and 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 maybe now playoff 
teams look at that as maybe that was just a one and done type thing, right? So, um, and, and we don't have to get too much into that. But uh, one thing I want to ask you about running the ball, I think that, and I said this on the broadcast Friday, when Jay started pulling the ball every once in a while, it opened up a little more for Phelps and for, for Napoleon. So for Tyson and Napoleon, what does it do when the quarterback can, can, and I don't, Jace has not really pulled the ball a whole lot, yeah. um, but when he does, it just seems like it opens up a little bit. I, I'm assuming that's probably something that, that you're, you're coaching him. He's learning that some of something he's evolving. I'm assuming, but talk a little bit about that when the quarterback can pull and run, how it opens up everything else for the run game. Well, it does because you, you know, the defense out there has account for a hat for a hat. Cause you know, a lot of times if you don't have a quarterback, you got 11 on 10 advantage to defense does. But when the, the quarterback involves himself in the run game, you know, not, not everybody has to be accounted for now. now. So it's one-on-one on everything. You, they can't overload things or they can't shift over. Or they can't, I guess, kind of say ignore the guy. Uh, but, you know, really when he, he pulls, it's, it's all based off his reads. You know, if, if they if they take away the pull, then he, he keeps it. If they don't, then he gives it. So it's just all based off his reads and really um, – we try um, to make sure that we, we get guys in, in, in best situations. We try to make sure our best runners run and our best uh, sure. catchers catch. Uh, so that's a lot of what we try to do inside of that. But uh, it's all really uh, just just him reading it. You know, we don't really have a you know a lot of a lot of people call it call runs for QB and those things. Uh, I've never been a big proponent of. Uh, Running quarterback too much. Right. Even when I had some elite <laughs> runners, I just, I just never like running them a lot because uh, of the fact that you know we didn't rely on this guy for a lot of other things sure. too. Sure. Sure. So, oh, but I, I, you know, especially when you got guys that can run the ball like we got, you know, we want to make sure we get those guys as many touches as we can. Um, and you know what's funny, especially in high school, when you talk about it, you know it's a it's a quarterback's read, and and some people may be listening, and and when you're watching the game. Um, sometimes you may look at it and say, oh, why didn't he pull it there? Why didn't he give it there? Um, but one, when it happens within a you know, second, it's right, it's happening fast. But also on top of that, you may think in your head this guy should, the defensive end should close. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking it may be a pull, but then he doesn't because, again, this is high school football. So sometimes the defensive guys don't do what they're supposed yeah. to do. And so I think I think it's a tricky it's a tricky thing. I think that um, as especially we, we talked about Jace, you know, in his inexperience, and as he becomes more experienced, mm-hmm. I think that the that that part of the aspect is is gonna come. Yes. And and um, I, you know, you can just kind of feel when he starts pulling the ball a little bit, things start opening up. Uh, because I think that sometimes defense is overload. And I think last week, you, and you guys probably saw it during the game, I thought that they overloaded us in the run in the box oh, yeah. because of what we did against Venice, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they was going they loaded that box. Yeah. They brought that safety in there. And he was kind of that number one kid. He was kind of a free hitter for them because he was really at a third level almost. So he re- we really couldn't account for him in a lot of our inside run game things because he was coming from basically – and what I mean by third level is, you know, you had the defense line, you had linebackers, then you had a secondary. But he really wasn't – he was a, he was really just a hybrid guy uh, in there because he was really sitting by six yards and seven yards. So he, you can account for him, but then you can't too because of his depth inside of that. And so they were just kind of moving around 
Uh, and, and and they play. You know, the one thing about it, you know, when that's the reason I scared team Miami. They're gonna be physical. They ain't gonna be scared. They were not scared. Yeah. They were definitely physical. Yeah, and physical. they flew around. Yeah, they gonna they gonna be able to run. And so. we saw some speed from them offensively, yeah, which yeah, is which that. is good. And so going back defensively, I thought we you know we played a pretty pretty good game. Um, all in all, allowed 13 points. You know, the last touchdown was 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 late in the game as we're substituting getting some of our guys mm-hmm. in there and getting some playing time. So what do you think about the defense total? Um, I know you talked a little bit about maybe some. some um, lack of, of um, concentration, things like that. But how do you feel like move going to the playoffs? How do you feel our defense is playing and, and ready to go? Well, you know, at the end of it, really what I do is uh, five after five games, after ten games, I always evaluate us and uh, basically a self-scout inside of what we're doing. And really, if you look at our defense, hasn't given up more than 13 points itself in one game this season. That was the first game of the season. Right. You know, uh, and, and when we did um, the, the first game against Paul Medical, they scored 18, but I was in overtime. Overtime, yeah. Regulation. And even then, you know, one of their touchdowns, you know, came on a very short field. But other than that, though, you know, no team. And then, you know, uh, Brayden Rivers scored an interception for a touchdown. And then uh, on the, and the punt. Team, and yeah. 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 But other than that, though, you know, um, and both of those instances, those two ones we gave up, we. We actually had it, you know, had a good call. We just got to execute better on those. So, uh, just looking back on them as the year goes on, you know, really we giving up about, you know, besides out of that, uh, that uh, Cat Lakeland game, that first one, you know, it's only 13 points a game. So, uh, and a couple of those, you know, times have been, like we said the other night, you know, uh, so we're really averaging, you know, that first team defense is having about giving up one touchdown a game. So, um, I think we're doing some good things. I, th- I still think we can get better, though, inside of what we do. Um, and as far as third down efficiency and eliminating, eliminating some some big plays, some 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 splash plays, I call them. Um, you know, just a lot of times, you know, we get in situations and we don't have the right leverage or we don't um, execute as we should in, in certain moments. Um, so. The thing I am happy about is that the kids are in the right place. Uh, and that's the thing a lot of time about defense is just about being in place and then executing from there. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about what we can be. Uh, that's the thing I've been excited about this whole entire season is that after every week, I still see us having room to grow and room to get better and actually becoming better. You know, uh, some teams, you just ain't going to get better. You just, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you just kind of just kind of get to that level every week of efficiency. Um, but when you really have a chance to, to make some runs and, and to have success, uh, you really see your team as being a, uh, having, a, having a chance to grow and to, to continue to get better. And so that's the biggest thing from Friday night. I saw a lot of areas that we can grow and get better at. I think that their speed challenged us uh, on the edge a lot. And I think it's going to help our kids understand leverage more. Uh, and not getting in foot races with people. Don't put yourself in a situation where you got to be in a foot race with a guy um, because that doesn't always end up well. Right. <laughs> Sometimes you lose those. Yeah, especially in the state of Florida. Yeah. Uh, especially as you get deep in the playoffs, you're going to have some elite-level guys uh, yeah. that can really run. And that's the thing you want to eliminate. You want to – on defense, you basically want to create what they call a cup. Uh, every time a guy gets a ball, you want to have an outside defender, an inside defender, and an on-top defender. So you want to basically create a cup or a bowl around that guy, and you want to execute, and you want to basically want to close space on that guy as fast as possible. And so this past 
this past week against Jackson, we didn't we didn't at every every time they got the ball, we didn't do a good job of creating that cup every time. Uh, and so now the kids understand why pursuit is important, why leverage is important, and then why closing the top or keeping the top on a play is so important. Well, good stuff, Coach, and, and it was a good win and good win going into the playoffs. But uh, everybody out there, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this quick break. We'll touch on um, Pinellas Park Patriots, first round of the playoffs coming up. You are listening to In the Eye of the Hurricane with head coach Yusef Shakir. Champions aren't made by sneaker companies, social media, or television networks. Champions are forged by Florida's merciless summer sun. One more sprint ran in the sand, one more set of bench presses, and one more hour of rep after rep after rep until perfection is reached and character is made rock solid. Coming soon, the Hurricane Champions Foundation will provide the resources needed to cover the cost of special projects and gear needed to ensure that our Hurricane athletes participating in all sports have the resources and opportunities they need to match the size of their hearts and the depth of their dedication. The Hurricane Champions Foundation, supporting Manatee High School Athletics, where champions are made. Details coming soon. Welcome back, everybody, to In the Eye of the Hurricane with head coach Yusef Shakir. I'm Chad Choate. Joining me again is head coach Yusef Shakir as we wrap up the podcast this week, uh, previewing uh, first-round playoff game here at home, Joe Canadian Field, the Hawkins Stadium, against Pinellas Park. Um, they are runner-up in their district uh, after a three-way tie, and the RPI is kind of de- deciding who uh, who was going to be the winner there. Mitchell got the, the nod for them, so Pinellas Park Patriots come in at 6-4 and four as their runner-up. We do have a common opponent that uh, we both have played, Palmetto Tigers. I believe that's the only one. Um, they played them, what, the first week of the season right before me played Lakeland right before us. So we've been able to at least, you know, we at least saw them as, as we were scouting uh, Palmetto, and, and they ended up losing to Palmetto 27-7 to uh, in that first week so coach just give us a rundown of what do you see from the Pinellas Park Patriots what they do well um, and what will we uh, have to expect for Friday well first things first they have a tailback that's committed to Florida State uh, number two um, they run the ball they're wing teeth based uh, they basically want to come right at you and just try to see how physical you can be and then not gonna you know no fair dodging they're just coming at you and downhill and off the wing tee they like to run the trap uh, they run the power a little toss power out of that low, low, low toss. You know, the old school, they toss it to the tailback and the quarterback comes around and leads. Uh, so a lot of people haven't seen that. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but um, Coach Crawford has been there for a while. He's done a good job of um, really rehabbing that program and turning it around. So uh, and then defensively, they're a 3-4 and a 4-3. They run a little 4-2, actually. They run a little bit of stack, too. Uh, and so they have a very good kicker. Kicker keeps it basically at the end zone about every single time, so they get good depth, and so they make you try to go 80 yards on them. So that always helps, you know. We uh, have a kicker that can. We know about that, so it kind of evens out. So we have that in, in, in play. So, uh, and like I say, you know, like you said, it was a three-way tie uh, between them, Mitchell, and uh, East Lake. Uh, so their 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 district got three teams in the playoffs. So um, we they just. Yeah, they're coming in ready to go. Um, they won last week, uh, so they're coming in off of 
you know, winning streak too, winning the game, and then coming in and they, they really want to slow the game down on you and feed too, and just try to make the game as short as possible. Yeah, they they blew the doors off of Gibbs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, there's no other way. 58 nothing, I think yeah. it was right. Um, yeah, it was pretty. It was a pretty uh, pretty pretty good thumping there. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit before we get into into more of Pinellas Park uh, with the common opponent of Palmetto. What is that, you know, how does it, how do you evaluate that? I mean, we know what we played against Palmetto, how they played. Does it really, in the grand scheme of things, does it really help to say, hey, Palmetto scored 27 on them. Oh, we did that, you know, or, or does it, or is it just really about, um, you know, you're, you're going to look at tendencies across yeah. the season and what, what you have anyways. Really not really, because they played them so early. You know, teams are usually very different from week one to week 11. Uh, you just kind of see, you know, what, what things uh, they did in, in certain situations, you know, third down, fourth down situations, um, backed up situations or close goal line situations, or if they were in a situation where, you know, it, um, they had to make a choice or a decision to do some things, you, you just kind of get some hints about what the head coach tendencies are and when, what their team tendencies are and what they like to do. Uh, but other than that, though, you know, teams have evolved, you know. Uh, some of those kids not even on film anymore, you know, that was playing for them, and some kids are, so, you know, they're, they're doing some different things. They, were, they weren't as heavy wing tee then when they played them, now they are, and that's Crawford, you know, that's that's his his background, he is wing tee. Uh, before he was at Pinellas Park, he coached the offensive line at uh, Northeast for years, and, you know, Northeast was heavy wing tee for years under uh, both the Austins, and so uh, that's just kind of what they bread and butter, and that's kind of who and what they are. So we'll get into to talking about a little bit of Pinellas Park here. Offensively, like you said, they love to run the ball. I think in the scouting it was like 77 to 23% run, something like that. And it's all pretty much behind Lawrence. Uh, is it Tua Leafy? Yeah. I believe it is. Lawrence Tua Leafy. Uh, good luck with that, Danny Carter, on Friday night. But 1,400-plus um, uh, yards he's got on 175 carries. Um, so something like that, maybe somewhere in that range. Um, so obviously that's that's their bread and butter is that kid. When you, when you have somebody um, like that, a talent like that, um, is it so much we got to stop that kid or, or I mean that, that player or is it – just do what we do and and we got to stop everything do, do you try to focus on it's his number number two i believe yes so do you, you i mean i saw him in the scouting port too talked a lot about special teams things like that so is it something you try to emphasize we have to stop this guy or is it, let's just do what do what we do and and stop everything you know like we normally would just focus on the scheme you know uh, the main thing is you want to attack people's scheme if you can kind of stop the scheme of what they do then they can get into they get into things that they're not used to doing, and that's what you want to do. You know, if you can't attack the scheme, then you got to attack players. Um, you know, so it's a lot of different ways. But the main thing I think you always got to do is you always got to try to stop what someone does best um, as far as how they block it and how they operate it. Uh, same thing on defense. You know, you want to try to attack the weaknesses of their defense uh, because they're going to do what they're going to do. And so uh, you just want to attack it, the weak points that you may see 
in those situations. And because a lot of times people don't work on their weak points of things. Right. Um, and you try to get them to do something different, and that kid that gets their kids into doing things that they're not used to doing. And that's what that's what our focus is: is just trying to make sure we take away what the, the the good parts of what they try to do. You talked about that toss. I think they run it like 30% of the time. Yeah. I believe is that toss. If I if I add my you know when I looked at the scouting report and added it up quickly, I'm kind of a when I coach, I was a, I was a film junkie, I was a tendency junkie, and so those things came and I memorized those. And so mm-hmm. when you when you all coach to to the I know you're a defensive guy when you coach to the kids, coach really coach to the kids. When you give the scouting reports, is that something you emphasize saying, look, hey, out of this formation, this these this is the plays that they run. If they run nine out of ten times, we should be expecting this nine out of ten times theoretically. Oh, yeah, that's what we always do. You know, you know, everybody has a tendency. Everybody has a skin, especially when you get in the playoffs. Playoff teams are going to have things that they do. Um, you know, a lot of times we see teams who aren't as successful. They're the more hodgepodge. They kind of do everything yeah. right. Uh, but teams who are very good, they do certain things and they do certain things very well. Uh, so you know what's coming. That's just try to get your kids on the edge of what was, you know, just get them to play fast. Well, I think if you look at this season, I, th- I think we have um, prepared ourselves with some of the opponents mm-hmm. for a run game like this. Well, oh, yeah. you go back to Kissimmee, obviously, of course, mm-hmm. very run heavy, very similar, you know, similar formation and things. Their quarterback wasn't really a lead blocker like in this, let's say. But you go back to even to, to Lakeland as well, first mm-hmm. first game. You know, they do what they do well. They're in the high formation. They run power. They, so we have prepared ourselves, I think, pretty well, and that's something we've stressed all season. You you prepare yourself for games like this throughout the regular season. We may get beat up a little bit, and, and you may take some losses, but hopefully those things you learn from for moments like this in the playoffs when it's do or die. Exactly, and that's what you do it for. You make sure your kids are prepared for the moment because if they're not prepared for the moment, they're going to gonna kind of disappear in the moment. Uh, so defensively for them, kind of – they, multiple defenses. You got the 3-4. They can obviously move to the 4-2 pretty easily and things like that. And they go to 3-3 stack. And it seems like they kind of maybe run those those um, personnel changes. Maybe they don't even change personnel. But those different formations on certain things. It looks like they like to blitz a little bit out of the 3-3 stack. Yeah, okay. So when they get in the 3-3, the, they're typically going to bring some pressure. What is it? What does it do for an offense to, you know, for instance, for for Coach Green to sit there and have to prepare a week, um, not only making cards for four two five and three four and three three stack, but just preparing the kids for multiple formations they're going to see from the defensive side. I think it helps also, like you said earlier in the season, we've seen a lot of different teams run a lot of different sets, and and that's the thing about a lot of times you play why you play different people from different areas because they do a couple things a little different. You know, if you kind of notice, a lot of areas kind of play the same defenses, a lot of schools, that, right. or they run the same type of offenses. So when you branch out and you, you play people from different areas, it helps your kids prepare for different things. And so in that moment, you're basically going to get an even or odd front on defense. And so we just try to work with our kids on that. Our is even front is odd front. And that's that's why we run a little bit of both. For, and for those for those out there, even and odd meaning the front front defensive linemen, yes. four defenses even, obviously four, yeah. odd being three. Yeah. Oh, you don't even have five. Or even five. Even, you know, with a lot of people. You know, old <clears> people don't remember. You the know, five, two, yeah. The monster, <laughs> right. Know, the monster. Uh, so a lot of those things, and, and that's really the fifth amount there, that five, three months is just basically a three, three stack. 
Uh, they just kind of walk those guys off. So a lot of what people are doing now are really just expansions off of what was done before. And that's the thing, just try to teach your kids. Uh, it's just those basic fundamentals of, of how we block these things and how we attack them. And I think they're doing it with just different personnel. So, so you, you know, you take take us, for instance. Mm-hmm. Jordan Alexis is up on the edge, and typically mm-hmm. he's probably a, a, a secondary guy, mm-hmm. but he's pretty darn physical, can tackle mm-hmm. really well. And so he can play down in the box like that and be able to come out and cover and do some things that a, a bigger linebacker who maybe, you know, more you look at him and he's more you think he's more suitable for an inside box mm-hmm. play like that. But then he's got some deficiencies too. So I think that the the defenses are all kind of the same. It's just we're seeing different numbers. We're seeing we're seeing a, a guy that should be prototypical, you know, quote DB guy. Mm-hmm. But now he's in the box because mm-hmm. we got to cover some different athletic guy, you know, secondary and you know the second receivers, third receivers, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, for 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 them, they it looks like they got a pretty good defensive. Of linemen, um, you know, I, I think overall, you know, they've given up some points this year. There's, there's no question. Um, so I think that, you know, like you said, you can go back now in the schedule and see, hey, this this person played three three stack, and this is what we did against them. This person played the four two five or the three four, um, and I think we've got that on Arsenal to be yes. able to go back and look at some of that. And, that. and that's just reference points for your kids, and that helps them improve and get better for that next situation. <clears throat> Um, let's talk a little bit about the area. Very good football, obviously, from the area. Mancy mm-hmm. County giving three teams. Obviously, ourselves are included in that, but Palmetto and Brain River make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. If you count Sarasota, you got Venice and Riverview making the playoffs. Sarasota High could have could have easily maybe made the playoffs. It was really, really close. I think is it point zero zero five or yeah, something like that? Yeah. Lakewood Ranch was was a couple teams off um, in the RPI ranking. So very good football from, from the county. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we don't have to go very far to find good football. Yeah, exactly. And that's always good about this area. Um, looking at some of the matchups, Brain River and, and Palmetto meet again. Um, Palmetto host, you know, uh, how, what do you feel about and, – and this is how it used to be in the old playoff system too. It almost felt like every second round typically you played – if you were in a good district, you played each other yeah, again, yeah, whoever your runner-up was. Last couple years it was second round. Before that it was the third round. You would always – You always play in the third round. Is it good to – I mean, there's pros and cons to me about playing another team you've played before and you've beaten. Yeah. Because you never know. It's it's yeah, it's. If you, they're not that good, it's good. Right, that's true. <laughs> if they're good. Uh, like, yeah, and, and if if you yeah, and so uh, that that can be kind of tough, mm-hmm. you know, to go back and say, hey, we beat them last time, but now they've either gotten better, they know what we did against them already. Mm-hmm. Does that really play into it, or or am I just kind of overthinking that? Uh. I think, you know, with teenagers, everything <laughs> plays into it with them. You just got to, uh, you know, teenagers, you just got to know their psyche at the moment. And, you know, I'm telling you, sometimes you think it's one thing, it's something else. <laughs> so it's just, in that situation, it's just, you know, as a coach, you, you're going to be prepared and ready for, for what whatever. But the kids, you know, that's a different aspect about how they're looking at it, you know, what angle they're taking at it, you know, like, are they overconfident, underconfident? Um, so you just got to <laughs> – that's the thing that you just 
don't know about it. Yeah. School football is what you're going to get with your kids. Right. I mean, you could have your 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 starting quarterback breaks up with his girlfriend. Yeah. Sixth period of of Friday night. Yeah. And um, everything hits the fan, as we like to say. Um, let's talk a little about our own re- region. Uh, you know, we're obviously taking the third seed. Uh, Mitchell second. Palm Beach Lakes is the first seed. But Venice, obviously, our runner up in our district's fifth seed, fifth seed. They're going to have to go down to Lehigh. Yeah. Um, and which which they probably win. Let's just mm-hmm. let's just go ahead and say that. Um, but then they may have to turn right back around and, and go to Palm Beach Lakes, mm-hmm. which again that that plays in why you want to win the district championship mm-hmm. to get that home game because otherwise you're traveling and sometimes traveling, especially with the regions, yep. can be far. Especially I was young because you talking about the west coast of Florida, east coast of Florida. That's, that's not no way, especially. You've got a you've got a yeah. You got a chance, and, and I don't want to look ahead saying we're going to win, lose, whatever. But if if things were to go just number wise, if we feel like we win and the number one seed wins, you could potentially go second round to Mitchell. Us, let's just say, if Mitchell wins, we go to second round to Mitchell, which is Newport Richie, and I mean it's not the farthest, but it's not fun to go up 19 ever in anything. Um, but then you've got Palm Beach Lakes. If they were to win out, so you could go over the East Coast. Then you come back home, and then five or six days later, most likely you're going to go back over there to St. Thomas Aquinas. But I don't think there's really a perfect system. I mean, I've heard a lot of people. Twitter was going off Sunday night, uh, Sunday afternoon. I don't know if you're. I don't know if you really get on there. Your Twitter guy, I know Coach Coach Green is. Uh, we, we we always we always have a good time. Coach Green and I going back and forth. But I mean, it, it seems there's there's no there's no right or wrong. I mean, to be honest with you, yeah, I, you're going to have to travel in the yeah. day, and if you don't want to, get somebody else. Yeah, you know, um, I've always looked at it very different from everyone else, and you gonna have to play. You gonna, no matter what, you gonna have to play the people to beat. You know, you gonna have to play five teams if you wanna win the state championship. My first year coaching, um, and this is why I always looked at it this this way because uh, during that time, my first first year coaching, we uh, first round of playoffs. We played the Jacksonville Reigns team that just won the state championship like the year before in, in like 3-8. The second round, we played Lake City, Columbia, who was always in our, you don't know, yeah. No, no, we played Pensacola Pine Forest second round. Uh, they had just won the state championship the year before in the higher classification above us. Uh, and we went to double overtime with them. Uh, the third round, we played Lake City, Columbia, who was always- In your district, right up there, yeah. So, Whoever, you know, it was like years between us, and you know, they had played for the state championship uh, before. And then the fourth round, we played against Palm Bay, who was the defending state champion yep. from the year before. And then the fifth round, we played St. Thomas Aquinas in the state championship, <laughs> uh, who was runners up the year before to Pensacola Pine Forest. So that year, you know, my first year coaching. It was an easy draw. <laughs> no, it wasn't an easy draw. We had to go through all of them guys. Um, and that's just how it was. It's just that how everything failed because the year before they had did a reclassification deal because uh, we had went from 6A to 4 because that opened up a new school. So, uh, and then 4 it just came super loaded, you know, that, that year. Um, and it just, <laughs> and it, it basically we had, um, Palm Bay had beat us the year before in overtime. And, and, uh, and, and so, but the year before that, we had won the state championship. Uh, so, it was, you know, you basically, you had five teams who had won a state championship within the last two years. 
Yeah. And that's who you had to go through. So. And you just got to do what you got to do? That's it. <laughs> and ever since then, it's just like, hey, man, you know, if you're talking about winning it all, you're going to have to face people sooner or later. So, hey, might as well go ahead and face them. Yeah. Face them early, face them often. And, and it's just that challenging. That thing I like about it is that the kids understand when they get talented, they're going to step up to it. If they're champions, they're going to step up to it. And and also mentally, they they need to it gets them in a good place to understand that they have to practice hard, they have to be physical, they have to be tough in order to be successful. And if they don't, you know, they, they know the repercussions from it. And I think that's the only way you you get to where you're a championship uh, team. You know, they, they, those kids have that mindset. Well, it's here. Playoffs yeah. and uh, can't can't look forward, can't look backward. It's got to be present on Friday uh, as we start the 2019 FHSA playoffs at home, Jokinan Field at Hawkins Stadium, hosting the Pinellas Park Patriots in the first round of the playoffs. We look for everybody to be out there Friday night. Kickoffs at 7.30, of course. Um, I'd get here at 7. Let's pack the stadium. Uh, and as always, thanks for listening. Tune in hopefully next week as um, we preview maybe round two and uh, recap what happened in round one. And as always, go Canes, go.